You're listening to the Ann and Ellis podcast with your hosts, Riley Mullane and Megan Knatz. This is a serious podcast. We don't even have time this to have is. fun. Episode five yeah. means business. Business <sighs> is here and we are going to talk about timelines. Yes. One of the things that... Cheers to timelines, Cheers by the way. to timelines um, the because they are... Trust the process of creating a great timeline because they're so important. It's one of the things we talk about with our team a lot. Um, they're very good at guiding mm-hmm. a client through a timeline, specifically from ceremony on is what we're going to talk about today. So. Yeah, I think the guest experience is dictated 100% by your timeline. Absolutely. No question. Absolutely. And we have enough experience to know what works and what doesn't. Um, and we're going to help you out today. So I think where we start is by going backwards mm-hmm. um, because that, I think, tends to help a client see how we got to the end. And then we'll walk you through uh, from the beginning to the end and, and talk about each piece. But I always start a client out. Um, going backwards. And depending on when your venue uh, requires you to be out, so we're going to use Ashton Hill as Mm -hmm. an example, uh, which is 11 o'clock is our recommended end time. So you take a last hour, you have to be gone by midnight. So you take that last hour to pack up and say goodbye. Like last song, 11 o'clock. Yep, 11 o'clock and then lights turn on. What I always tell a client, and I've learned this from you, is that if I always say, how important is dancing to you? Like, you want to dance? Do you want to feel like you danced your heart out? You know, is that the goal? then the max amount of time is three hours. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Just I would agree. I would agree. I would also be interested to see what other DJs think. But yeah. if, if I had it my way every time I DJ, as I'm phasing out, but if I could go back and say, okay, if I had it my way, how many hours could we designate to a dance floor? I would say three hours. Yeah. And, and I could probably spend two hours on why that is. But the 30 second version is it allows us as DJs and your entertainment to go with those heavy hitter dance floor fillers right off the bat. We can generate a lot of positive momentum right off the bat versus being stuck with four and a half hours of dancing in the middle of June, July, August, where all the venues that love all the natural light in the windows, which makes the venues beautiful, I get it. But as DJs that bring in lights and all these things that should provide some impact for dancing in that atmosphere and energy. It's tough when you open up a dance floor at 7, 7.30 because people want to kind of dance in the dark anyways. They you do. Know? They do, right? You know, uh, likes to have every single person watching them dance, especially if there's some vibe killers that are close to the dance floor. Refer to episode one uh, with We're that. We're taking those people out at a wedding. Yeah. Calling you out, vibe killers. <laughs> um, Come home. <laughs> but three hours gives us a lot of room to play. Yeah. And I think when I say that to a client, it puts it in perspective. I'm like, you know, dancing for three hours is a lot. You know, when, if they think they need, you know, would you want to dance hardcore for five hours? I, n- no, mm-hmm. no, most people don't want to do that. So three hours. So that means we're opening a dance floor about eight o'clock. I'm even a proponent of going a little later than that, but we'll talk Agreed. about that. You Agreed. Know, three hours is max, right? Agreed. Three hours max. So if you want through a, you know, the maximum time to dance, we're going to open your dance floor at eight, which means before that is usually formal dances, right? So if that's something you're doing or not, again, um, couples are making weddings their own, but if you want to do formal dances, that will kind of lead you into the dance floor. So that's happening about 730, right? Yep. Or give or take 30 minutes for that. Backing up into that is dinner would be before that. So you're, we, we allow usually an hour in a timeline for dinner. Some clients are done earlier. Some need a little bit more yeah, time. If you're hiring a qualified and experienced caterer, I think an hour is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Depends on the style of dinner. Agreed. Plated, you know, that kind of thing is going to take a little longer. But so if we're starting dinner at 630, taking us to 730, um, that should give us plenty of time. We always tell clients hitting the dinner you know, the scheduled dinner time is key because at the caterer really depends on that. You know, they need it to be as close to on time as possible. So after dinner, when dances start, you know, things like that can kind of flow, but um, dinner starting on time is is important. And, and real quick, making sure dinner starts on time to ensure, like you said, the caterers can provide you the best quality. Absolutely. Uh, food temperature, presentation. Yes. It's not fair for them no. to prolong the dinner process by 20, 30 minutes because that, that's got to be tough. Catering is all about execution and presentation. 
you got to put them in a position to win. Yeah. Can't make their job harder than it is. They have a, a tricky job to begin with, with food. Um, so I agree. Job. I agree. So we're starting dinner at 630. Backing up into that would be introductions and toasts. And we're going to dig into each of these, get granular with them. But we usually allow about 30 minutes for that. So um, that means we're starting that at about six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, back up, then we've got an hour for cocktail hour. So it means we had a 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. cocktail hour. Uh, we'll go into why we think that's plenty of time mm-hmm. and what to do if you're going to go a little longer. Mm-hmm. And that means we're starting our ceremonies about 4.30. That is the sweet spot we we feel for a ceremony start time. Yeah, I would love to hear other people's opinions on that too, but I think 4.30 is, is solid. Yeah. Uh, you know, guest arrival right about 4, maybe doing some family photos before the ceremony, which we'll talk about. 4.30 taking us to five, I think is, is absolutely fantastic. I agree. I agree. So let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, if we're starting your ceremony about 4.30, we're going to walk you through and explain why we feel this way and uh, what why these things work. And if you want to make adjustments, what to think about. So again, if we have a 4.30 ceremony, you're going to anticipate guests. We always say about four o'clock. So if you are you know planning your photos or need to be hidden away, uh, you've, got, you've got to do that about four o'clock, which makes that, you know, that gives you time in your day. So you don't have to be up at 6 a.m. doing hair and starting photos at 10 Mm a.m. If you need to be heading away by four, you've got a nice morning ahead of you. Older the guests, earlier they arrive, number one. Number two, God bless them. I'm a guy that likes to be early as well. So, yeah, and I'm getting older. So gray hair, I look like I'm 58 years old. If you have a shut... (laughs) I'm here. Got my coffee. Party can start. Where's the ceremony? It burned me what time's close. dinner? I mean, some people, when you get old, you eat dinner at four. Yeah. Heaven's sakes. Need some hard candy, some Werther's. <laughs> oh I'm going to get you like butterscotch. You want the little butterscotch the ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the I love, root beer barrels. I love a little old person with some hard candy and a tissue. They've always got a tissue. Hard candies are underrated. I mean, they're great. They come in handy. What is it? Uh, what is the... Ricola. Remember those? Ricola? Those yeah. commercials were everywhere in the 90s. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Oh, man. But if you have a shuttle service and you are rocking guests from hotel to ceremony, obviously you hope those shuttle times are on time. Mm-hmm. You do not want to feel the pressure of, oh my God, we have all these photos left to do because we were behind on hair and makeup and so-and-so member of the wedding party was late. Like all of those preliminary things will set you up to succeed or yeah. to fail as yeah. far as guests go, guest uh, arrival goes and being ready for them. But there's been some instances where shuttle arrives and here comes 45, 50 people. And I'm like, there's no way this thing's going to start on time yeah. versus others where you know, you're ready to go. All the more reason why, as we start talking more and more about, specific vendors like photographers and cinematographers and list goes on. Let them do their thing. Absolutely. They are setting, they've done this before. If you're a photographer, if you're hiring them, which 99.9% of people that are planning a wedding are hiring at least a photographer, right? And hopefully more book cinematographers, let them do their thing. And I say that not from just a creative standpoint, but they know how to manage your timeline. They do. They do. I always say, let your photographer, um, run your morning and, you know, getting the photos that you need and they'll know how long that's going to take. And, and we'll, they're even integrated into the evening for sure as well, but let them do their thing and trust that they know what they're talking about. And again, that's another great reason not to start too early. You know, I think the misconception is that I need to get squeeze every ounce out of this day because mm-hmm. I'm paying for this venue. And, and like, that's not the approach I think people should take. I think you have a nicer timeline that float that's constantly moving and flowing. You also, I want to see people, the best weddings events in general that have ended is when the dance floor is full and people are like, Oh, it's over. Right. Rather than you've had five hours of dancing, your ceremony was at two in the afternoon. You've exhausted yourself and your guests and you have two drunk people on the dance floor at the end of the night. Everybody was ready to go two hours ago. Like that to me is not successful. So do not start too early, 4.30 or even we could, we could advocate for even advocate for even a later ceremony than 4.30, but 4.30 seems to be a really nice time to start. I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Uh, so we usually allow about 30 minutes for a ceremony. Most ceremonies don't start on time, let's be honest, right? 
usually five minutes late five ten minutes yeah yeah so larger the wedding party the more you may experience that a five, little bit minutes. of a yeah, delay it takes a while sometimes, to get everybody from point a to point yeah B, sometimes you know? guests are you know wheeling in at the last minute so we allow 20 to 30 to minute minutes if you need more time than that for your ceremony and you know you do obviously um make arrangements for that but that usually is is solid and then we're going to head straight into cocktail hour yeah i, I would say before we do that sure Couples that are planning their ceremony and working with your officiant, when when everybody's down there and you're like, okay, start thirty minutes max. Like with oh, all yeah. due respect, you don't have with to. all due respect. You're rocking forty five minute ceremonies. Ain't nobody got time. No, well, your guests have long checked out yeah. after that. They are not. You got interested. a solid fifteen that they care, and then after that, you're like, yeah, do 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 do, yeah. And let's be honest, the majority of people that are there, they know your love story. They know how and why you met. I'm not saying don't talk about it, but paraphrase that yes. bad boy. Don't write a novel about, yes. you know, it was 78 degrees and the sun was shining. And yeah. so. Yeah, I've what, seen what some officiates kind of go off and just talk and talk. And again, it's not about the officiant. Talk. We don't, we, you know, we want them to lead the vows. And if you have religious elements you want to incorporate in readings, you should absolutely do that. Yes. Your efficient needs to, it's not their show. It's about mirroring you. And so we want them to, to keep it brief. Like Agreed. We just want, Agreed. We want you guys to get married and incorporate the important pieces and yeah. wrap it Bring up. the heat and then get into cocktail hour because your guests want to drink. Absolutely. They're, They're ready, ready to, to party. They're ready to party. So cocktail hour is makes, you know, is, is what we recommend an hour. Um, that is plenty of time, even on a, a bigger guest count for what most people want to do is grab a drink, use the restroom, maybe have a bite to eat. And that's about all the time they need. Mm -hmm. They don't want more than that. Um, if you are leaving, which we've talked about, or you need more time, uh, I would say, what would you say is max hour and a half cocktail hour? Max 90 and minutes, max. Do not, do not go over that. Try to hit 60, 70, 80. I'm not trying to be too precise here, but your guest experience is you, you guys are going to get really sick of me saying guest experience because I'm going to say it probably every single podcast, but that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yes. You got married. Great. It's awesome. But now you invited all these people really take time to care about their experience yes. and if you start prolonging cocktail hour because you're off on a party bus hitting up eight bars taking 15 shots of fireball and you which come we'll back, talk about later yes your guests aren't going to be impressed that you were late no and they again momentum keeping things going having a great dj that's informing guests are and what's happening next and when things are going to happen um they need to they need to know they want to know what's going on but an hour is about all they need. If you have to go in an hour and a half because you're leaving, um, you're doing some photos, you have to provide food, in my opinion, because you have to think about, okay, my guest left their home at four o'clock to get here, you know, or maybe 3.30 to get here for my 4.30 ceremony. You know, now we're, we're approaching, they haven't eaten, they're, they're going to be hangry and not enjoying themselves. So if you're going longer than an hour, you have to provide food. I think you should provide something to eat regardless. Um, Agreed. If you're not interested in providing food or budget just doesn't allow it, uh, then you can't go more than an hour. You're really going to have upset people. Absolutely. Specifically, if you're going the modern timeline route, which is first dance, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. it, but first dances and stuff before dinner, yeah. you got to have some sort of food. And yeah. it doesn't have to be... Hmm crazy award-winning hors d'oeuvres and appetizers snacks popcorn snacks, whatever i had a couple that did the coolest thing like they each had the couple and then their parents or i can't remember but they had like their favorite snack and yeah, it was labeled as such and like that was kind of fun you can get creative with that for sure so uh our recommendations an hour for cocktail hour hence the name right yep and then we're going into the modern timeline i'm going to let you talk more about this uh what we all love know and love is then if we're heading into an introduction to kind of get the guests into the room, get them seated. Uh, we, we recommend introduction, first dance, mm -hmm. cake cutting and speeches and talk more about why that makes so much sense to do it before dinner. Yeah. My opinion on, a, on that. And, and it, it's a, it's a group effort. So no vendor should come in and try to dictate your timeline, but all the more reason why I think it's important to educate clients on why that could be a great option. When I say those things out loud, as far as first dance and cake cutting and toast, that it sounds like we're rushing through them. It's quite the opposite because if you can all envision 
a room full of 150, 180, 200, 300 people all in one location. Number one, nothing is going to happen naturally. That's why it's really important to have a great DJ or an MC that's letting your guests know what is happening, not only what is happening, but what's about to happen. Yeah. So I train a lot of DJs on other horizon announcements. Hey, it's cocktail hour. And then we're doing introductions here in 45 minutes. That's the sweet spot. So most couples want their guests to focus for all the right reasons on introductions and their first dance and a cake cutting. Some I've had a lot of clients recently that don't want me to make any announcements for cake cutting, but we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about oh, that. Interesting. Okay. And then toast. So those are big moments in the night, right? Okay. Well, anything you decide to do after dinner, this is just the reality your guests will start to lose focus and interest. They're going to be at the bar. They're going to be outside if the weather's nice. They're going to be in the restroom. They're going to be outside smoking a cigarette or a cigar. And you're going to take the 100% of the clients and you're going to take that down to like 60%, 50% of people that are engaging in what's happening. So you have a captive audience. Cocktail hour, now they're seated. We have them in the palm of our hands. Whatever we want to do with them, they're going to focus it, focus on it, and they're going to remember all of these highlights of the night. Yeah. So this this modern timeline probably isn't for couples that want to do a really low key first dance, a really low key cake cutting, a really low key whatever. Then 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 don't do that. But the majority of clients want to get a return on their investment. And to me, the return on investment is your guest experience. Absolutely. And I would say from a venue side of things, the reason I love that is I always tell clients, once dinner happens, I feel like the room is kind of bouncing, right? People are making noise, eating, they're up and down. That's a good way um, to put it. There are servers in the room. We've got busing staff. So when if we try to say, okay, now guests, everybody come down again, we never get it back. We never get that attention back. We never get the room quiet again, you know, then we're always like, do we send busing stuff out? Do we not? We're trying to be quiet. You know, our server's in the room. Did someone still eating and clanking? And it just doesn't seem like it's just, it's so much smoother, so much um, more eloquent when it's all done ahead of time. Well, I agree. What I think is really cool, I've had a handful of couples do this. They have their wedding party being introduced to one song and I switch it up to a song for them to come in, but it's also their first dance. Oh, nice. So okay. it's this really eloquent Smooth. kind of, um, or more, more elegant, I guess is the best word that just flows really well. It's just a really beautiful moment. Yeah. And I think some couples are maybe concerned that it goes from high energy to a slower song, but all the more reason why a lot of the vocal transitions that, that a DJ should be making helps kind of cushion that energy shift. Yeah. But it's it's a really beautiful moment. The light, especially if you can coordinate with the venue to be like, okay, as soon as I announce them, I want the lights to go down gradually. My lights come up. And it's just a really powerful moment. I love that. I love that. And uh, I think it, again, it just flows really well. It's so much more smooth. I also think, and couples will, you know, realize this in the moment. I always tell them too, we want there to be a point in the night. And we're going to talk about traditions and and things and, and and what, again, your day, do what you want. You don't have to do any of these things. These are just some of the traditional things that we see happening, right? But I also feel like for our couples, we want there to be a point in the day where you can just relax. Like you don't have to be back in the room to do anything formal. You can kind of breathe that sigh of relief and so if we can do those things, not like we're trying to get through them because they're not important, but they are more of the formalities. And if you want to do them, I still know you want to relax later on. And so you can do that once dinner hits, then you know, okay, we've got those things done, got the photos, the video moments I wanted out of those things, but now I can relax. And two, um, anybody else in your wedding party, you know, especially doing speeches before dinner, um, if they're nervous... Which most you know, are. Yeah. Sit them through dinner and they don't eat because they're nervous or they're going to have another cocktail or two. And then we're trying to get them to do speeches afterwards. And again, no one's paying attention. It just seems like, it, yeah, an afterthought. I, I agree. And we talked about this, I think, on the podcast with John back when we did his, his podcast. And not that it happens often, but when it does happen, as far as speeches going super long, they tend to go really long after dinner. And if I'm a couple that has a wedding party and I know who I'm going to kind of delegate the responsibility to for, for a toast, don't be hesitant to tell them like, hey, it'd be really cool if you could keep this to like two to three minutes 
one to two minutes. I mean, if, if we were to stop talking and just time out two minutes, that's a long time. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so there's nothing wrong with a short, sweet, positive toast that you know will, will stay on track. Because if you're doing that before dinner, as I was just saying earlier, you want your catering crew that you hired and spent quite a bit of money on to make sure they give you the best product possible. And that becomes harder and harder to do when you're 20, 25 minutes behind on toast. So don't, don't be afraid to be vocal. If you know these individuals are going to be speaking and you can be super nice and funny about it, but try to keep that to like yeah. one, two, three minutes. Blame it on us. Be like, my DJ's only allowing two minutes yeah. per person. Yeah. His name's Riley. No problem and being he's the bad guy. No, I'm kidding. used to that. Right. But I mean, that would be a great way to frame it. Um, we can, we could talk about speeches for hours and what we've seen and what people are looking for is they you know want to be thanked for coming and a quick couple of minutes and then we're, we're moving on and there's times to talk more at length and it's, you know, we've seen speeches that have gone really long. And um, like you said, especially after dinner, people feel like they can, you know, they could just talk forever. They so. can be beautiful moments or they can be brutal moments. Oh, absolutely. When you try to become a stand up comic and you're not a stand up comic and you try to make these raunchy jokes and you're dropping a lot of cuss words and stuff. I mean, if it's all adults, I mean, whatever. But to me, it's, yeah. I, it, it is what it is. But the ones that are really great, you just remember. Yeah. So again, couples, don't be afraid to vocalize to those that you know are going to be speaking. Put parameters, like, boundaries, do it, yeah. boundaries around speeches. So uh, again, recommend that before dinner. Then we head into dinner. And like we said, this is such a crucial time that we nail it on the timeline for the caterer, for your guests as well. Again, do we want dinner to be delayed by an hour and have hungry people? Absolutely not. And then this is where um, some things come into play with photography or things for the couple. So we are big proponents of... Um, if you need to leave your reception for more photos, and we'd love photographers to weigh on, on this too and how they feel about this, um, this is a great time to leave. We are not proponents of the couple being gone from a reception because they are missed and the vibe changes. And it's and, rude. And it's Sorry, rude. Yeah, rude. No, it is rude. And guests are looking for you. And, That's um, why they're there. Yeah. So... <laughs> Eat your dinner, right? Be the first person to eat. You're usually the first couple to eat. Photographers, cinematographers get their food at the same time. Everybody can take, you know, 15 minutes. You're going to have a, a quick meal. And then if you want to take some more photos, you've got about 45 minutes to go do that. And you will not be missed because your guests are being entertained by their beautiful dinner. And then you can get back in the room. I think that's a great time. I would agree. I would also say if you are not taking photos throughout dinner, or maybe you did sunset photos and you're back in right away, you were the first ones done eating. You're the first one served, you're the first ones done. So now you're back in, you're good to go. Instead of looking out at the room and saying, man, look at all these people we could be talking to. I'll, I'll talk with them during dancing. You won't because 40% will leave and you will not have had face-to-face -face interaction with your guests, which is weird to me. Yes. That's why you invited them is to interact and thank them and express that gratitude. As soon as you're done eating, get out there and socialize and, and more specifically, start way in the back of the room. And then work yourself toward yeah. the front of the room. Because if you envision your seating chart or table diagram, the ones, the tables closest to you typically are your parents or grandparents or those that you've seen all week Yes, that flew in and they were at rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner and like you've talked to them enough. You're good. Start way in the back because that's typically where maybe your coworkers are at or friends or I don't want to say like obligatory guests, but couples, you know what I mean? <laughs> Talk to them yeah. and then work your way up. It's, it's really tasteful, no pun intended, to express your gratitude. And lastly, you can talk with them in groups of eight. Absolutely. So you're yeah. standing there sitting, get a picture with them if you want, whatever. But now, hey, thank you guys so much for coming. We hope you have a great time tonight. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the food. Now, isn't this venue beautiful? And now we got some great vendors. We're going to have a really good time tonight. I got a great DJ. Anyways, thank you. We're going to move on. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Now, eight by eight by eight by eight or 10 by 10 by 10 by 10. Please do that. Yes. You will thank yourself the next morning. I love it. I think it, there's nothing more awkward when I'm in the room and I see the couple and they're clearly finished eating and maybe they're not out for photo and they're sitting at the head table. I'm like, you look awkward. Yeah. I'm sorry. You look weird. Like get, get, your up. Up yeah. get up and I'm socialize. And I would say I much prefer that versus a, um, you know, greeting at the end of a ceremony, right? 
because you can control how much time you spend at a table where if you're doing, um, you know, a receiving line, then you're kind of captive and, and then other guests are waiting in line. That's just, I, I'm not a fan of receiving lines and putting it out there. I just don't think that it's a good, I, I understand the premise, but this is a better way to do it during dinner. Um, get out there and say hi to your guests. Receiving lines are great for the first ones that get to greet you and really crappy for the last yeah. ones that get to greet you because they're just sitting there awkwardly looking at their phone, checking the score on their phone, like yeah. waiting. Like when you're yeah. done and you say I do and you kiss and the crowd goes wild and you go back up the aisle, don't stop. No, get out if of there. If you're not planning on doing a receiving <laughs> line, do not stop. Get out of there. Yeah. Because if if the minute somebody sees you standing, you're done for. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of impromptu receiving lines start where I'm like, you told me at that final <laughs> consultation you weren't going to yes. do one, but you stopped, didn't you? That's a great point. Uh, have a have an exit strategy where you could either go hide because if you're going to take some more pictures or you're getting on your party bus, you need to get out of there. And I just think receiving lines are hard on the couple. I think that's just too much... Th- some guests will hold you captive and you're like, I was done talking to you 10 seconds yeah. ago and I, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Where during it during dinner, you're in control. And planners and coordinators are really good about that part. Like as soon as the ceremony is done, I'm going to greet you at the end of the aisle, the top of the aisle, however you want to look at it. And we're, we're going by. Yeah. We're gone. Let's, let's have a plan, have a, an exit strategy for sure for that. So, I think that's, again, those are all reasons we recommend doing that before dinner. Once dinner started, we want to hit that on the timeline. We want to nail that during dinner. Either you're out during doing photos or you're working in the room. I think those are kind of the two places that, that you need to be. Um, from there, if you're going to do formal dances and that's how you want to get the dance floor open, this is time where we agree as professionals, it can be fluid. Again, mm-hmm. if, if we were going to say formal dances, we're going to start at 730 and you're having a great time mingling let that ride. You know, you don't, I personally feel now you may have some responsibilities to your cinematographer or photographer as far as timing, but I think most people can be a little flexible here. Um, but then we're going to go into those formal dances again, if that's something you want to do. Are you seeing couples consistently still doing that? Are people changing that up at all? Couples are still doing those dances, but the majority of couples that I work with are doing those dances before dinner. Okay. Doing all the formals. I think before. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, I picture, you know, my daughter gets old enough and, and, and she's married and hope she's 45 and she gets married. I don't want to even think about that. That's I want, I want to like, that's a beautiful freaking moment. Yeah. It's so emotional. And again, I would want, not, not for the sake of, yeah, I want everybody to see me dance with my daughter here, but it's a highlight of a lot of people's experience that's that's there yeah there's going to be some that that there's going to be some of your guests here's some of the guests just don't care about those things they're there for the free booze and to dance and see their co-workers and their college fraternity sorority yeah. right but the majority want to see those things so to answer your question the longest way possible yes i, I would say 70 to 80 percent of the clients that i work with are, are doing some of those dances uh, ahead of time I love that. I think that's a new, I love, I love that idea. Just putting all the formals in front. So when we're ready to open up the dance floor, you can open up as, you know, those people who are ready to spend the night dancing. And that, that can be kind of, kind of tough because it's hard as we sit here right now to try to feel the vibe or see the energy or see the flow of the room. But there's always this, you can feel the transition after dinner is done your guests grab dessert. You better have that dessert ready. Yes. I'm well, telling you, have the do dessert not ready to go. Cut your cake during dinner. It's no. too late. We we could spend a whole episode on well, that. If you're at a restaurant, it's too late. You're three quarters of the way done and then you're presented with the dessert menu, right? Yeah. I mean, at least you should be. You don't wait an you hour. Don't wait until you get the t- Oh, by the way, do you want you want dessert, right? Is that I mean, no. restaurants trying to upsell you on that stuff, but that's just when you do it. When you're done eating, have dessert ready to go. Should be ready to rock and roll. And your guests are going to attack the cupcakes yeah. and the cheesecakes and you name it. They're getting after it, especially it. if there's kids. So make sure you talk with your dessert provider to make sure you have enough. Don't run out yeah. of dessert. People get people, angry. People will take more than people they should. It is what it is. Plan for it. Like white, traditional white wedding cake. If people love that, they have that as an option. I was, I'm kind of digressing here, but I'm, you got me excited about desserts now. Yeah. If people don't have enough dessert... 
all hell breaks loose. And, and it's a pretty cost-effective service, right? So, I mean, not expensive. splurge a little bit and then you've got dessert left over yeah. that you can have the next day. Yeah. Or the next Because you feel like that, if you're a guest and you didn't get dessert, you didn't get the treat. You didn't get the fun special thing. And people will yeah. raise hell. Yeah, and they will. you're right. So, there's, <laughs> I agree with all of that. There's this potential of having this awkward downtime between, okay, every, I'm, I'm, your, I'm the eyes and ear. I'm talking as a DJ. Kind of somebody that's integrated into the event, which DJ should be if you're DJing weddings. They're kind of looking at the room. Okay, 90% are done. Now we got to hit them. Yeah. Now it's time to dance. Because if you allow another 10, 15 minutes, you're just going to start to hear the room get a little bit louder. People are looking at their watches and then they're going to start to go outside and then you lost them. Lost it. You got to hit them in that sweet spot. Yeah, I agree. And, and that it, is up to your DJ, in my opinion. It is. And getting people excited to be on the dance floor. And again, making sure that it was well thought through when that started. If it starts too early and it's too light out and people aren't ready, it's very hard. I've seen that a lot. And then that feels awkward too. But if, if you start it too early, that's why, again, we're saying start everything later, then it's like you're trying to get people when they're not ready, you know, they're not ready to dance. And so you've got this dance floor music and nobody out there. And then they will eventually it's like come out, but like, let's just start it at the right it, time. It takes a while to warm up. I think I use the, again, the express, it's like an old, it's like an old car in Iowa winter. Mm -hmm. Got to start that bad boy up, let it run for a while. And then it's going to reach its peak. We're good to go. Yeah. And I can already hear some DJs. Well, we'll just play some heavy hitters right away. Well, you just screwed yourself because you played that. Right away. What are you going to play at nine o'clock, nine thirty, exactly. ten o'clock? And if there's a bunch of kids there, that's another thing. If if and I can hear all the DJs being like, "Yep." <laughs> if you have four hours for dancing and there's fifteen, twenty kids, good luck. Yeah, you're going to have to play some Taylor Swift. You're going to have to play some neutral songs. I'm not saying you have to go the kids bop route. It was up to my kids. That's all we would play. Yeah. But you've got to really play it safe and let the night evolve. Yes. So you can you can trim a lot of fat. If you can get to that three hours and get the ball moving. Yeah. Because I mean, the, where it really gets fun, I feel like, is that, you know, when the core group is out there, they're really into dancing. You can get into some of those fun songs that maybe you didn't play when grandma was there. Right. I don't know. Right. I've seen that too. That's so awkward. <laughs> it gets real dirty. Especially with some of the new music. And new grandma and is like, yeah. what's happening right now? Um I just Sometimes like, I want to go over to grandma and grandma. Hey, listen, we're about ready to play this. This was on their must playlist. You may, you may want to go grab some coffee and go get into a conversation exit. and let's forget Graham. music is even about to play. So, yeah, because this is going to get ugly. Especially what's an unedited. Good Lord. Cardi B, relax. Relax. What? Megan Thee Stallion, relax. <laughs> some of those lyrics. Good I God. don't even know. Is it bad? <laughs> I mean, what, wait, what's it's not great. That I've listened to um, Big Energy. Who sings that song? That's uh, Lotto. Okay. They sampled, so, uh, everybody, everybody thinks, side note on that, everybody thinks they sampled uh, Mariah Carey. It was actually the Tom Tom Club Genius of Love is where that beat came from. And then Mariah Carey sampled. I think that's it. Fantasy, yeah. right? Yep. Sweet, sweet, yeah. Fantasy. I've listened and to that version. One. Okay. Yeah, it's a great song. It that's is a, a great that's song. A good song. And, but again, I am just this naive mind. You know, I'm saying, my kids are like, do you know what that? What you're saying? It's not big, big energy. It's it's something else. So. And I was like, I didn't know that because I was like singing around the house. They're like, please stop. Yeah. You're freaking them yeah. out. And and listen, Cardi B, like all of that stuff, they're bangers. It's fun. Like they're great. Don't get me wrong, it's just but it's when timing it is everything. Timing is everything. <laughs> if you want the songs play, like, I get it. They're incredible. Like they work. They absolutely work in most cases. Just. Yeah. Not right away. Please don't put do your DJ in that position. No, you can't do it too early. I know I've had, I've been like blushing and cause I see, you know, I'm like, this is, it's the wrong crowd for, we're not ready. You know, DJs have done it too early. I totally agree. So that again, the timing, the length of time you have the dance floor. Cause if you have too long, you know, you can't, it's too much time to try to play the right songs. And so I totally agree with that. So from there, your timeline Really, once the dance floor opens, and I mean, that's the party, right? Yep. And and um, that's the entertainment. So just nailing that and getting that time right on when that happens, not doing it too early, not having too much time to dance. We, again, nothing is better than seeing a crowd end and everyone's like, you know, full dance floor. This was so fun. They wish it would keep going. Like, that's the time to end. I, I agree. You want to exactly. treat it kind of like gambling. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, yeah. There's right? nothing wrong with ending 
a little bit sooner than you maybe wanted to yeah. because your guests are going to remember that night for all the right exactly. reasons versus being in so many scenarios where there's 12 people left, eight of which have no idea where they're at because they've had 13 bush lights and six shots of fireball and they're sitting in a corner like you're staring yeah. down at my up lights. Like, you all right over there, dude? You good? Who's 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 taking this guy home? Yeah. Yeah. That's not you how know, you want That's to not end. necessarily a sign of a great party. No, it isn't. It just isn't. It isn't. It isn't. And I think for so many reasons, it's it is fun to end on a high note. Starting things a little later makes it so much more enjoyable for the couple from the, you know, the it's a long day. It's a fun day. It's an exciting day, but don't get me wrong, it's a long day. And um, again, having that timeline that's smooth and that flows well. And, and, yeah. and you want to make sure that, so, so you're hiring all of these vendors. So let's just kind of talk essentials here. So like photographer, cinematography, catering, DJ, planner or day of coordinator. Did I, did I say catering? Yes. Yet? Okay. So we're at like five and I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but you, you get what I'm saying here. You want to make sure that, that if you're somebody who's, who's listening to a photographer about a timeline and then a DJ about a timeline and a caterer, make all the more reason why you should be hiring vendors that have worked together before that enjoy working with, with each other professionally. And even better if they enjoy working with each other personally, that they're all on the same page because a photographer's timeline is incredibly important. Absolutely. Those are going to be in cinematographers. That is yes. incredibly important as a DJ. I am not here to dictate any of that. What I'm here to do is harness and protect the guest experience. Yeah. So I don't want to be sitting there getting in arguments with the cinematographer or photographer that they need to do this when I didn't know. Like it's all get in where I fit in. I think more DJs should do that. If you're, if you're a yeah. DJ out there arguing with vendors, like it's too late, like relax, do yeah. you're, you're fine. You'll make it work. That's what we do. But if you can go into that and, and be proactive to make sure, Hey, I, I have this timeline, photographer, cinematographer, caterer, planner, coordinator, does this align with what everybody else has? And you might come to find that they all have different timelines. Got to get on that same page. Absolutely. That's why one of our, our coordinators, that's one of the things they do is they've got the master timeline. They send it out. If we need to make little tweaks, um, obviously we are going to let the vendors, you know, if they a photographer had a, a moment they wanted to capture at a certain time, we'll figure that out. That needs to be done well ahead of the day. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what happens if we have a problem with the timeline. You know, we're, and, and being ahead of schedule isn't necessarily a problem, but it can be if vendors aren't paying attention, if they're not working together. And then let's talk about what happens if we're behind. You know, what are some strategies? So being ahead of schedule, nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. right? To a degree. Um, but here's where I've seen problems pop up and you can speak to this. So not picking on DJs, but I've seen where the couple, um, let's say they had planned, you know, an hour and a half for cocktail hour because they were going to go on a party bus and they get back early and they're like, we're ready to do intros, right? And the DJ just takes off and starts doing things mm -hmm. and didn't check in with the caterer to see if they could move things up. Didn't, you know, um, make sure the photographer was ready to go and it throws everything off and it, it's a disaster. Such an awkward moment is when a DJ will do that, gets the client up to the head table and we're like, uh, we're not ready. For dinner. So now we all have to sit here. And so, yeah, speak to that about being ahead of schedule. Well, it's ex as a DJ, it's extremely disrespectful to just think you run the show. You work in an yeah. ecosystem with other people. And the stories that I hear and have heard over the years of DJs that just don't grasp that concept, it, it's, it's insane to me. DJs should be getting in where they fit in for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, we are the ones with the microphone, we are the ones kind of conducting the client and guest experience. So we need to be able to communicate those things. Like you said, the number one issue with things being ahead of schedule is going to be dinner. It's not fair for the caterer. And it's not, and by the way, it's not going to be fair for the cinematographer that needs to set up a tripod and a flash and all these things to just feel, just because I have a microphone and I'm already set up and I'm good and I'm playing music. Like I can make things happen within seconds. Photography, cinematography, caterer, they can't. Yeah. So you, you have to really make sure that you 
you work as a team before you proceed to the next chapter, no matter how fast you went through that chapter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, again, hiring great vendors that work together, that know the space, because no one vendor should make a decision without including all the other vendors. The other thing I think about being ahead of schedule is as nice as it is maybe to move some things along again, are we creating issues down, down the line? So if we start dinner a half an hour early, what did that just do to dance floor? You know, it's not ideal to open your dance floor a half an hour early. It's, it's creating you know, uh, uh, it's hard to get people again, excited and ready to dance if it's too early or having too long of a dance floor. So sometimes if we're ahead of schedule, we just say, you know, let's just stick to the timeline. Let's let things run the way they were planned out. Because generally, if you've got a solid timeline to begin with, it's gonna, it doesn't make sense to speed things up too much. Agreed. And if you have time to spare, what can you be doing to prep yourself? Like, do you need to bustle your dress? Are there some gifts and cards that could be moved out? Uh, whatever it is. I mean, not that it's up to the couple to figure those things out, but kind of evaluate what still needs to be done before you just rush into something else. You could take a few more pictures. You could, you know, um, you know, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it it just doesn't make sense to say, well, let's just hurry it up because we're ready. We're ready to go. There's other things that you could do to fill that time. I think that happens quite often when you have couples that might set aside 90 minutes for cocktail hour and like, well, I'm going to put in 90 minutes, but most likely it's going to be 60 minutes. And so they're there at 60 minutes or now they're at 50 minutes and now you have all of this time. Well, all right. Well, if, if your guests are eating some appetizers, drinking some beers, socializing, using a photo booth, that's where a photo booth comes in handy, mm-hmm. by the way, is, is cocktail hour, especially if you have kids, it entertains them and keeps them going and keeps them in one place, primarily speaking. Uh, that's where that typically happens. So like, just let that ride a little bit. I think, yeah. that, I think you said that already, but no, no need to rush it. Cause the results of that is a four and a half hour dance floor. Absolutely. It just isn't necessarily a positive thing. So just stick with your timeline. If you had a solid one to begin with and yeah, in the initial planning, be aware of certain things of not planning too much time and, and try to get a good handle on exactly what you're, yeah. you're, you need. Um, the opposite, which can be a little more challenging is if we're behind schedule, you know, if we get behind schedule, what are the things that we can do to kind of make up time or how do we fix that? Right. You know, um, that happens a lot, um, that we can get behind schedule. And again, the trickiest thing is, is dinner. I think um, that's why, and again, it's great having a a professional um, or if we have a classic as, you know, a couple, especially if couples leave or maybe they needed more time for photos, they didn't realize. And so they're behind and we're not getting them coming in the room to start, Mm -hmm. you know, intros. Because usually we're pretty solid on ceremonies and um, cocktail hour doesn't need to take longer than it should. It's like, are we ready to get them in to introduce them on time? So um, that, that can be tricky, you know. What are your thoughts on that? I w- it, it all comes down to working as a team. I could say that a hundred more times during this episode. The stories that I hear when I work with like a cinematographer, as I'm sure John can attest to when he, when he did weddings, most of the time cinematographers need to plug into your sound system yep. to get audio. And they like to do that ahead of time. So I'm always like double and triple checking to make sure they have what they need. More DJs should be doing that. Because that that's all going to help. Like if 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 a, if a cinematographer doesn't know, or I mean, they're so busy capturing all the moments that they're capturing, they may not be as granular on the timeline as we are. Sure. So they they might not even be thinking like they're thinking in the moment about wedding party introductions or getting them off the coming off the party bus and into the venue and moving them over here. They're doing what they do. If if they're not reminded that intros, first dance, cake cutting, toasts are happening. That's kind of up to you to do that. Like be an advocate for them. Yeah. And remind them, hey, I just want to make sure like, do you need to plug in my system? And if so, I've got it ready to go for you. Oh my gosh, cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Same thing with photographers, making sure they know. So it, it never hurts to remind them. And that can buy you some time too. Sure. So then you can tell the couple, hey, we're going to need like five, 10 more. I know you want to come in right now and hey, we do too, but we need like five to 10 more minutes to make sure we can stage the rest of the players in the game. To, to set everybody up for success. Yeah. It's, just, it's all about communication, teamwork, being nice to one another. Yeah. The stories that sure. I hear about vendors not playing along nicely and the lack of respect, 
there's just no excuse for that because it's so easy to be nice. It is. And, and it's free. And it makes it's it really nice. hard to execute a timeline if people aren't talking. You know, it's it's so cool at a wedding to see when the DJ and the cinematographer and photographer and caterer and Dave coordinator are all talking to each other. And again, another great reason to have a Dave coordinator. That's part of their job is to make sure the timeline is yep. executed or to be there. To You know, we know, you know, we're not like checking our watches and going, yep, 4.30 exactly, you know, it's not going to happen in that exact moment all the time, but that's, again, even more reason to have somebody there who can make those subtle adjustments, communicate with everybody on the team to know when, when changes have happened. So if we are behind, it's, again, communication, just letting people know and then ha and letting your guests know. We don't ever say we're behind schedule. Hey, you know, yeah. hey, we're going to be, you know, in about 20 minutes, just letting them know. 20 yep. minutes, we're going to be doing introductions. So they're not like, oh, okay. How long, you know, what are we still doing here? As long as they know what's going on. Yeah. I'll typically say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, as we're in the midst of our cocktail hour, I invite you to sit back, relax, feel free to grab yourself a drink, grab some appetizers. We have a photo booth that is open as well. We're looking at wedding party introductions happening here in about 20 minutes. Again, thank you so much. Like yeah. just keeping them updated is a really tasteful way of making sure they're enjoying the experience. Absolutely. As long as they know. So if, if it gets delayed and you, you know, just say, Hey, we're going to be doing this in about 10 minutes. They won't remember that you said, they won't be like, oh, wasn't that supposed to be 20 minutes ago? Yeah. You know, they just, they're enjoying themselves. So I think where you can make up time too, again, this is um, speeches and making sure th those things are kept, you know, short. Um, you can transition and move things from before dinner to after dinner, speed things up a little bit. There's things that you can do to kind of make up some time. Yeah. Um, again, the key will be dinner, you know, just getting you there as close as, as you can to dinner um, is the key. So if we need to shift some things, it's, it's okay to do that. If for some reason there was a big delay, but yeah. um, again, having a great team that can communicate. Will help with asking all that. questions, asking questions. Yeah. If you're a couple ask questions, be asking your venue. If, the ceremony is moved inside. How does that dictate my cocktail hour? Yeah. How does that facilitate a seamless guest experience? How long is that going to take? Sure. We we try to get ahead of all of those things that are on our team. But a lot of times couples, they might think transitioning a room takes an hour and, and depends how intricate it is. Depends yeah. how small the venue is. If you're going from indoor ceremony to cocktail or sometimes it takes a while, but it's good to get ahead of those things. It's 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 so imperative to be on the same team. I'm I'm speaking as a vendor now. It's so imperative to be on the same team and on the same page as the other vendors. So do what you got to do. Over communicate, and then you can go with the flow. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, timeline is crucial. I mean, um, if we haven't already made that point, you know, clear, it just it is really important to the experience, and it's important to the couple to be relaxed, to know that their timeline is solid, and to the vendors, we've all got a job to do. I, I think um, this is worth spending a lot of effort into making sure you get it yeah. right. I think even for future podcast episodes, we can really dive deep into the ceremony. Yeah. Let's dive deep into the cocktail hour. Let's dive deep into first dance and toast and like, like that pocket of time. And let's talk about dinner. Let's, so we're going to elaborate on all of those thoughts because they are so crucial to the result of the day. Yeah. We'll pick everything apart. So people know what, what that really feels like and the intricacies of, of those moments and, and why it's important to do things yep. this time and not that time. Um, can we put things in, do we have show notes? We can. Because we could put our, let's write out our timeline for people that we just oh, want yeah. through. Yep. And we'll put yeah, we that in that. our, I was, I've been excited to say show notes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put Let's it in show notes for everybody yeah, who's yeah. listening. And so that the modern timeline, we'll put it in there for you and you can have it I and would, use it. And I would say too, if you have questions, contact us directly and we can yeah. provide you with more insight on why we believe what we believe in. And we're not here to dictate anything, but as we said, maybe I think the, the last episode, there's a consequence to every action, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. So, And if you have no things, answer. we'd love to get questions of, you said, okay, I've got something else I really want to do on my day that's unique or different. How do I work that in? When, when would be a good time to do this? How does that fit in a timeline? Because we are all about clients doing unique and fun things. Mm -hmm. We are not, you know, I think that's what's exciting about our industry. Um, I have clients that ask me some really neat stuff about things they want to incorporate yeah. into their day. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. Um, and so I don't want to give it away. I have a fun thing that clients 
about to are going to do for their wedding. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I, I, don't know. I should say it. No, you would like it. I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with what's on your arms. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, so when do we do that? Like, let, But that's what excites us and um, is just figuring out the puzzle, right? So if you, listener, have a, a question like, I really want to figure this out. Yeah. I, I would love to help people pick that apart and say, let's do it then. And here's why. And just, like, we're good at that. Well, strategy. I think on the next episode, we should talk about like trends Versus like traditions. Absolutely. Like diving deeper into what we see time and time and time again. Does it really make sense? Like, is it just a tradition because we call it a tradition or is it a trend and it's going to come and go and it's may, maybe not worth like, let's, let's really dive into that. I let's think that'd do be it. Really fun. And if it's tradition and you're like, I don't really want to do that, but everybody yep. d- don't, in my opinion, Dollar dances, don't do it. Tosses, garter. Let's, let's, let's break those things down. Yeah. Do yeah. what, what feels right for you as a couple. There's nothing that you have to do. Um, if you want to do those things, great. If you don't, don't, in my opinion, you don't yeah. have to cut a cake. You don't have to do any of those things. If it makes sense to you, do it. And more and more yeah. couples aren't. I yeah. mean, they are wanting right. to capture the essence, as I say, in almost every consultation, capturing the essence of why you're there and why everybody is there and why you picked a beautiful venue and you have incredible vendors. Why? Yeah. Focus on the why, not the what. Absolutely. And we can help even in that. Say what's really going to have a a big impact for your guests. Like the things that you think like guests are really going to love this will be like, not really. Like we don't see people enjoy that or it takes away from something else. I think sometimes people try to do too many things too. Like let's Mm -hmm. have 10 different things going on at once because that seems like it would be fun and uh, it isn't always. So it can take away from some of the experience uh, base. So if you have... um, Timeline questions for us, something fun you want to try. We are here for it. Yeah, we're going to get Megan on. I'm on. I'm, I'm back on Instagram. I took about a year off so I could just kind of focus on what I wanted the messaging to be and, and where I found the most of my enjoyment when it comes yeah. to social media, because I do think that there's a lot of benefit and a lot of power in, in certain places when it comes to social media. So I'm at Riley Mullane, and then we're going to get Megan on. Follow at Ann and Ellis as yes, well. Do. I will and, be uh, back. I will get on Storyline Media. Yes. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Yes. I will be, I will make a reappearance on Instagram. Please I'm going to try to figure out this TikTok thing. A uh, good thing I have some young uh, children who know what that's it's all about. It's a powerhouse Just, of a, it's, it's the place to be too. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll yeah. be everywhere on social. You can check us out. Guess, uh, guess what I'm doing after this podcast. This is a joke coming. I can. Oh man. I'm, I'm kind of feeling it. No. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go pick up a vintage oh. radio. It's from like 1973. I saw it on Facebook Marketplace, uh-huh. dude. I'm they're I'm, like they're like tw- it's twenty five bucks. The only downside of it is the volume is stuck on high. I just feel like I can't turn it down. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I got sucked into that one. <laughs>